Why, hello there, friends. A new week means new movies, and I'm here to tell you what's what. This week, we monkey around with cannibals, and we meet an uncertain personal shopper. It's the week of March 10th, and this is episode 33 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome, everyone. Like I said, this is Future Flicks, and I am your host, Billiam. Let me give you a little information on what I do in case you're new, and if you're new, welcome to the show. In Future Flicks, I go over every movie that's being released during the week. I tell you what it's about, who's in it, and my thoughts on it. I will give the movie a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, also known as the Bill Score. This score is only based on the trailer and anything I've read about the movie. But let's start this episode with some housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. You can reach me on Twitter at BilliamsSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Instagram, where I will try to be better about posting pictures at BilliamSWN there as well. So let's move on to our first segment, which, as always, is the news. According to IndieWire, Stephen King has seen the movie It and said that everyone has done a wonderful job. I'd like to take this as a good sign, but then again, King himself wrote the screenplay for Cell, last year's winner of the FutureFlix Award for Worst Movie. So we'll see if this movie was any good or if he has just lost his mind when it comes to movies but can still write really good books. A movie is being made based on the game Sleeping Dogs and Donnie Yen has joined the cast. Looks like Hollywood has finally learned what kung fu movie fans have known for a long time. That Donnie Yen is amazing. All this is according to Slash Films. And finally... Miriam Colon, who played Mama Montana in Scarface, passed away at the age of 80. Well, that was all the news that mattered to me this week, or at least all the news that mattered to me that I saw. There's still a good chance that some interesting news passed me by and I just happened to miss it. If I did, let me know in the comments down below or hit me up on one of the ways I talked about in the housekeeping. But let's start off with the first movie of the week called The Sense of an Ending. A man's past that he thought long buried comes back and he finds that he may not actually have known what really happened. He starts looking into the death of an old friend, a death he thought was an accident. All the while, he's dealing with his family life and his relationship with his wife and daughter. This stars Jim Broadbent from Moulin Rouge, Charlotte Rampling from The Duchess, Harriet Walter from Atonement, and Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey. I'm actually really impressed with how good this movie looks. It's a British drama mystery, so it's going to be heavy on the dialogue, and any comedy will be drier than a week-old bagel. This has some good actors in it, and it stars an actor that I have never seen in a main role before. The biggest roles I've ever seen Jim Broadbent in are in Moulin Rouge and Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, where he played Professor Slughorn. Both of those roles are wonderfully different, so this man does have talent. 
Though this looks like a less demanding role for him, he just seems like a really confused old man most of the time, but who better to be the star of a drama mystery than someone who you'd never expect to get to the bottom of a crime? Make no mistake that this is a drama first with mystery being a subcategory. This story is about Tony and his first love, his first heartbreak, the life he has now, and the family he needs to get closer with. How much should he really look into this mystery? How far away from his family should he stray? From the looks of the trailers, he doesn't stray far and seems to understand that family comes first, but I'd still like to see him get to that point. What did it take for him to get there? I want to see this movie and I will, uh, but probably on streaming. I'm not sure if this is the kind of movie I want to own. The sense of an ending gets a 7 out of 11. Alright friends, next up is a movie called Uncertain. This is a documentary about the city of Uncertain, Texas. A city that you've got to be lost to find. A city that's made up of people who don't want to be found. This is a limited release and will come out on March 9th. This looks like it has interesting information in it, but there's a catch. It looks boring as hell. How can that be, you may ask? Let me answer that for you. The information may be interesting, but the directors, Ewan McNichol and Anna Sandilands, put it together as interesting as an overhead projector presentation of the evolution of mold. This could have been summed up into a 10-minute segment on 60 Minutes, and that would have been interesting. I would have liked to have watched that. But an hour and a half documentary about backwoods hillbillies looks like it could be used in lieu of sleeping pills. They just follow a bunch of rednecks around for an hour and a half, some of whom are criminals, some of whom are just gigantic rednecks. And I'm going to borrow this joke. They're not even interesting hillbillies, like from the movie Wrong Turn. This looks more like the topic of a single episode of, of some Discovery Channel reality show. This is not a movie to watch, not at all. I'm certain that Uncertain gets a 1 out of 11. Alright, future fans, next up on the list of weekly releases is a movie called The Dark Below. A woman struggles for survival beneath a frozen lake while a serial killer stalks her from the surface. God, that's such a stupid premise. I can fix it right there. The serial killer can get a chair and sit at the end of one end of the lake or just in the middle and just wait for her to surface and then go run over there because it's a goddamn frozen lake. She's not going to be able to walk out and run. She's going to be crawling and heaving and all that. No, 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 no. You just sit there, wait for her to pop her head out then kill her. Boom. Movie over. I saved you money. You're welcome. But I know what you're thinking. With a name like The Dark Below, I too was expecting a movie about John Wayne Gacy's basement. But alas, this is far less scary. The only person of note in this is Veronica Cartwright, who is a horror royalty. She was an alien, the birds, and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Now she's doing an awful looking horror movie with a budget smaller than the cost of a Walmart wedding. Wickedchannel.com gave it a 9 out of 10. Hold on to your f***ing horses. This movie is the next Oscar contender. What is WickedChannel.com? It's some horror movie website. But if you're looking for one, you should really check out Roz's Midnight Macabre on Facebook and the somewhat nerdy site. He's a fellow nerd who loves all things horror. And he certainly wouldn't give this a 9 out of 10. Sure, he may like it because he really loves horror and maybe he can find something in this movie that I don't see. But you're listening to Future Flicks with Billiam, so alas, it's my point of view that you're going to hear. You're welcome. 
Part of me is glad that movies like this get made because this is how hidden gems are found. Someone has a great story and a great eye for cinema, and she or he makes some sleeper hit horror movie with no budget, no names in it, but it's great, and then someone notices it. But then for each one of those movies, there's a few hundred dark belows which look worse than a video of Ben Stein reading the script for Tommy Wiseau's The Room. This film looks terrible, and I will never, ever watch this. The Dark Below gets a zero out of 11. All right, my dear future fans, we have two movies left before that break, and the first of the two is The Other Half. A bipolar woman and a grief-stricken man struggle to forge a simple life. This stars Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black and Tom Cullen from Downton Abbey. I have a great idea for a movie that will kill at film festivals. Let's take two mentally ill people and have them fall in love. Can you, can you hear that? That's a sound of critics popping boners. This is exactly the type of that critics eat up. Sure, you can have a good story about love between mentally ill people. That is perfectly fine. What bothers me is that this looks like festival bait, the kind of movie to pander to the douchey underbelly of festival audiences. This could have been a really good movie, but it's presented like pandering indie trash. Skip this like school on senior ditch day. I do not want to talk about this anymore. The other half gets a one out of 11. All right, future fans. If you've been keeping count, you'll know that there's one more movie before the break. One more and then a break because I need another drink. The first half of this podcast, uh, I was enjoying some Founders Brewing Company beers. The first one being a Scottish ale, which is really nice, and a Centennial IPA. So if you have Founders anywhere near you, I'd suggest those. Those are two nice ones. And to the people at Founders, if you want to throw some money at me for talking about your beer on uh, on a much-loved podcast, then uh, you know how to reach me. My contact information is in the show notes and in the beginning of the end of each podcast. Just shower me with money I'd, or beer. Money and beer. All right, the next movie before our break, my friends, is Personal Shopper. Maureen is a personal shopper. (gasps) Shocker. She does high-end shopping for a rich client. One day, her brother dies, and when she visits his place, she believes he gave her a sign of his presence. After that, weird events start to follow Maureen everywhere she goes. This stars Kristen Stewart from Cafe Society and a bunch of French people. Okay, the French actors look like they do a really good job, but I could list every single movie that they've done and none of you would ever have heard of them. Unless, of course, you're a fan of French cinema. And even though this stars an American actress, this is still a French film. A French ghost story. So we'll see how that goes. This looks interesting, but it seems like they took two separate things and tried to make them one. The movie is called Personal Shopper, but does her job have anything to do with the plot? It seems like the writer and director Olivier Asayas got hung up on the idea of having a movie about a personal shopper and then threw it into the first plot idea he had. It all could come together very nicely in the movie, but remember, I base everything I say, every judgment I make, every joke I make on the trailer alone. So from the looks of the trailer, it seems like the personal shopper aspect was thrown in this movie for the hell of it. Even though this is about strange events involving a ghost, this isn't a horror at all. 
This is a drama thriller that may have a scare or two in it. Let me admit right here that Kristen Stewart has left Twilight behind her. She still has a monotone voice when it comes to line delivery, but the trailer shows her expressing emotions, which is something she had trouble with even before Twilight, if you ever saw the movie Adventureland. So good for her. I guess taking some time on the indie scene to work on her craft did a lot of good. But when it comes down to it all, this looks interesting, but not interesting enough to warrant any effort to see. If this ever goes on Netflix or Amazon Prime, then I'll add it to my list. Other than that, I'll skip it. Personal Shopper gets a 6 out of 10. But anyway, here is a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, and we're back. Welcome back. Here, here I am. I did actually did not move. I waited three seconds. I continued speaking again. Behind the scenes of future flicks. Next up on the list is a movie called The Ottoman Lieutenant. An American nurse travels to the Ottoman Empire to find and volunteer at a small hospital during World War One. She enlists the protection of a Turkish officer, and the two fall in love much to the dismay of a doctor who has his eye set on her. This stars Mikael Huseman from Game of Thrones, Hera Hilmar from Da Vinci's Demons, Josh Hartnett from Pearl Harbor, and Sir Ben Kingsley from Gandhi. This is a movie we've seen before. Only thing that's changed is where it takes place. A woman is trying to help out, and she falls for a soldier, and will more than likely have to deal with his death, or him going missing, or him being injured, or something like that. If a movie is going to do a tired idea, they need to bring something new to the table, like I've said time and time again. And while this movie did kind of do that, it's not enough to make it look interesting. This movie looks more tired than I feel right now. And that is really tired. That is really tired. It's directed by a guy who was mildly mediocre in the 90s and has only done three movies since 2004. Joseph Rubin directed movies like The Good Son with Macaulay Culkin and Money Train with Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. This could have been his big break back into mattering at all, but too bad he chose a bad script, or the wrong producer. Or maybe he just sucks, maybe he just had a terrible vision for the movie, but somewhere along the line, something that could have been mildly interesting turned into an absolute bore. This movie just wants to be the English patient, and it's not going to be the English patient. It wants to be Captain Corelli's mandolin, it's not going to be Captain Corelli's mandolin. It wants to be Reign of Gold, but unfortunately, the Ottoman Lieutenant is none of these things. The Ottoman Lieutenant gets a 4 out of 11. You auto see something else. Do you, do you, do you see why I did there? That, that's clever. I want to pat myself on the back for that. Good job, me. Thank you, me. All right. Next up on our list of movies 
is a film that I'm going to say really slowly, just because I, I don't think I can say it fast. Bad Rinath Ki Dulhanea. God, wow. That's, that's a bunch of letters. That looks like someone just got the world's worst Scrabble poll and tried to make something up. That's what happened. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize to the Hindi language and anyone who speaks it. That's kind of a messed up joke, but wow, that's, that's a lot of consonants. Anyway, on with the plot. Badrinath and Vaidehi have opposite views on everything, but they can't fight that feeling anymore. They've forgotten what they're fighting for. Oh, wait, that's Ario Speedwagon. I'm sorry, let's start over. The two have opposite views on everything, but can't help but feel attracted to each other, which puts them at odds and in each other's arms. This stars Varun Dawan from Dishoom, which I talked about in July of last year, a movie that looked fantastic, looked ridiculous, and I really want to see if I can find it now that I remembered it existed. And Alia Bhatt, Bhatt, B-H-A-T-T, Bhatt. God, you know, I talk about, I talk about Bollywood and Indian cinema a lot. I really should learn how to pronounce these things. You know, it's, it should be part of my job. I should look into it. But that's for another episode, folks. Another episode, I will get better at it. Uh, she was from a movie I talked about back in June of last year called Unta Punjab. All right, here we go again. Another Bollywood film that looks like all of the others, but still looks cute. And I'll never get to see it. Never. And it makes me sad. I've learned something. Remember a month or two ago when I mentioned not knowing if Bollywood and Hindi cinema were the same or not? Well, my good friend Wikipedia confirmed that Bollywood is a nickname for the Hindi language film industry. The formal term is Hindi cinema, and Bollywood itself is limited to the Hindi language. So there you go. You've just been learned. Booyakasha. So why did I decide to play teacher today? Because otherwise I wouldn't have too much to say about this. Because every time I talk about a Bollywood movie, it's always the same. Either it looks terrible, so I don't have much to say. Or it looks like this one, which looks interesting. And no matter how good it looks, unless it's an Oscar contender, there's not going to be a big chance to see it in America. Some of the streaming services do show Bollywood and other Indian cinema. But not a lot. Not a lot of the movies I've talked about are available unless you want to commit to buy it. So let me just wrap this up. This film looks fun, it looks enjoyable, and it looks really hard to find, unless, like I just said, you want to commit to buying it. And then, even then, still, really good luck finding it. All right, you know what? I take that back. I just looked on Amazon, just for the halibut, and I found both Dishoom and Unta Punjab. So, still, you got to commit to buy it. May not be hard to find anymore, like I thought it was, but you still have to commit to buy it if you really want to see these movies. So, hard to find or not, whether I'm going to see it or not, I still have to be honest of what I think about it for my Billiam's Interest Level score. Bad Renath Ki Dulhanea gets a 6 out of 11. Alright friends, we have two movies left, and the next movie is utter crap. I'm sorry. That movie is raw. A vegetarian undergoes a hazing ritual at veterinarian school and is forced to eat meat. A hunger for more starts to grow in her, and not just animal meat, either. No, there's no one worth mentioning in this film, so I won't mention anyone. But I will say is, what the flying f*** is up with this movie? What sort of bad acid trip bullshit is this? 
To get a feeling for the movie, watch the Red Band trailer. And if you watch that and don't feel like saying, what the f***, then maybe the psycho sh is right up your alley. The trailer says it's from acclaimed director Julia Ducoronu. That's a really hard name to say. So for the purpose of this podcast, I'll just call her Dormammu. So Dormammu is critically acclaimed, huh? Let's take a look at her filmography. She has an amazing list, truly amazing. She did a short movie called Junior in 2011 about a teenager with a stomach flu. I'm not even kidding. Look it up. Mange, a TV movie from 2012, which I can't find a plot for, and Raw from this week. That's it. What the f***? How is this weirdo an acclaimed director? Who said she's an acclaimed director? Her mother? Oh, oh, okay. And this, and for Raw, she's credited as the director and credited as the writer twice. She's credited for writing the screenplay and the dialogue. Well, no sh**. If you write the script and you're the only one credited as writing the script, that makes sense that you wrote the damn dialogue too. By God in heaven, what's with this foreign movie bullsh**? This looks like Dormammu got the stiffy while watching Cannibal Holocaust and decided to Frenchify the film. This movie looks so bad it doesn't even deserve a rating, so I'm not going to give it a rating. Raw gets nothing. Nothing at all. This week has kind of sucked for movies, right? Two out of the last eight movies got a score above a five, and that, that's pretty bad for this week. But let's finish this up with my pick of the week, a movie that actually looks pretty good called Kong Skull Island. A group of explorers travel to an uncharted island in the Pacific with the goal of charting that island. Little do they know that someone on their team was lying to them and they're stepping into a land of monsters. This stars Tom Hiddleston from Thor The Dark World, Samuel L. Jackson from The Exorcist 3, Brie Larson from Room, John C. Riley from Step Brothers, John Goodman from The Big Lebowski, Corey Hawkins from Straight Outta Compton, Jason Mitchell from Straight Outta Compton, and playing Kong is Toby Kebbell, who was Koba in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. This is directed by Jordan Vaught Roberts. I think Vaught, V-O-G-T, Vaught, Vaught, Vaught is this? <clears throat> Sorry, this is directed by Jordan Vaught Roberts, who directed Kings of Summer. And the story, not the screenplay though, that was written by three different people, but the story itself was written by John Gattins, who wrote Real Steel, Flight, and also wrote a movie coming out in two weeks from now called Power Rangers. All right, I'm going to be honest. While this movie looks good and interesting, it could have easily been dethroned as my pick of the week if last week's Logan or next week's Beauty and the Beast had come out at the same time. I really want to see this movie. Please don't misunderstand. But I wasn't as pumped for it as I was for Logan or Power Rangers or Great Wall. This is going to be a standard action-adventure movie, and it will be enjoyable. The CG looks good, and a reliable actor is doing motion capture for Kong. If you remember Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Toby Kebbell did a killer job as Koga. This movie could easily be ruined with sloppy CG, so let's hope that the people who work on Michael Bay movies weren't involved in this film. Kong Skull Island has a great cast of characters with the three leading actors having the most boring characters. John C. Riley stole every scene he was in in the trailer and John Goodman looks like a slightly evil expedition leader that I'm looking forward to watching. This film has an estimated budget of $190 million and has Legendary and Warner Brothers as production companies. 
Rumor has it that Michael Keaton was originally supposed to play Riley's role while J.K. Simmons was supposed to play Jackson's role, but both had to leave due to scheduling conflicts. I'm happy with the way it turned out. I'm happy with these acting choices, but it really would have been interesting to see Keaton play that role because I think he's better than ever. This is going to be a fun film. Good? Maybe, maybe not. But fun? Yes. It has reliable actors, was written by a reliable writer. It looks entertaining. looks like full of gigantic monsters, fighting, explosions. What else do you want? This is coming out at the right time because if this came out during summer blockbuster season it would get missed because there are bigger movies coming out this summer there are much bigger movies coming out this summer and this one needed more time to shine so a week after logan may not be enough but it will do better a week after logan than in the middle of summer blockbuster season so this was a good time to release it kong skull island gets a nine out of eleven well, my friends, that is it for this week. That's that's all the movies. That's all we have right now. Next week, we have some more. Next week, you'll hear me talking about a movie that I've already mentioned because I think that the internet lied to me and I got the release date wrong. So you'll hear me talking again about a movie I've talked about before and an apology for leading you astray. Well, let's finish this up as we always do with the housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app, and the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's www.somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day or night to give me a great rating. I'd love five stars or a like, or if you'd share the podcast. Also, leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. How do you reach me? That's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Are you on Instagram? So am I. BilliamSWN there. I am now on Tumblr. BilliamSWN there as well. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Square Circle also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network and the Watch Your Mouth Podcast. The best swearity I've ever listened to. If you start listening right now, they're in the middle of their zombie game, so check that out. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all the latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, Please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future.